Hey folks, on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors, we're looking forward to having a special guest on the show, Mr. Blake Benoit from Benoit Performance Baits. You've heard us talk about him on the show, now you get to meet Blake, and we'll introduce you to all the custom lures that he makes here in Louisiana, from bass fishing plastics to crappie jigs and much more. So we hope you'll join us on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Let's go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robering. And as always, like we always start out the show, just want to welcome you all to this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as we always mention, a lot of you tune in on a weekly basis. So welcome back. Glad to have you. And if you stumbled upon our podcast for the first time, then we would also like to welcome you uh, to Louisiana Outdoors and everything between the bayous and the great outdoors here in Louisiana and Sportsman's Paradise. Welcome to the show. We have a lot of good information for you, hopefully, this week, guys. Uh, we have a special guest on the show that I'm super excited about this week. You hear us talk about him on the, on the uh, podcast episodes every week. And I'm talking Mr. Blake Benoit from Benoit Performance Bates. We're going to have him on the show a little bit later. But uh, but we're starting out, guys, talking about the, the weather that's making its way back here into Louisiana. Uh, you know, guys, last week we really had a lot of rain that came into the, to the state, all across the state, really, from, you know, north Louisiana all the way down here to south Louisiana. Uh, just rain was the story. And severe weather, you know, a lot of severe weather. We talked about that as well. Um, and really, if you wanted to get outdoors, it was really just a, a miserable week for us to be able to get outdoors, kind of do some fishing. Um, you know, you may have had a, a little honey hole that, that's not too affected by the, the rain and all the amounts of water that we got. But I could tell you from firsthand from here in uh, South Louisiana, it was it was really a rough, uh, rough week for us with the with the inclement weather and the, the severe weather and all the rain that we got down here. It really messed up a lot of our fisheries and uh, just wasn't a good situation for us. Uh, right not too far from where I live here in Gonzales, Louisiana, we have the Meat River, which is, a you know, historically known as a as a river that tends to get, a, you know, a flooding throughout the year if we get a lot of rainfall. And once the, uh, the Meat River and the Comeat River comes up, it really affects a lot of our fisheries around uh, Ascension Parish here where we are. But uh, but not just in this area. A lot of you have been telling me it was a rough week because you weren't able to to go out. A lot of the waterways were actually closed due to high water that we got here uh, in South Louisiana. So if you're in that you know, situation, you find yourself in that situation, you're probably looking forward to this weekend, which we are now. And lo and behold, guys, we had some beautiful weather throughout the week. Really, really nice weather. Uh, some of the most beautiful weather we've had all spring. And then now fast forward to, you know, Friday and Saturday, more severe weather in the forecast, which really affected us. Uh, so yeah, it kind of, kind of shot down a lot of our plans for the weekend, but with it being Sunday today, the weather has, you know, cleared and hopefully you guys are outdoors. Uh, maybe even listening to this episode outdoors, if you're on the water or maybe at the camp. I know a lot of you guys that are big turkey hunters are out in the woods right now uh, doing some turkey hunting. Turkey season kicked off here in Louisiana as it did across the country in most places. And a lot of you guys that are uh, into spring hunting, you are probably turkey hunters. So I hope you guys are getting an opportunity to get out there in the woods, um, you know, and kill you a big gobbler. 
so take advantage of this weather that we're having today here on Sunday. And uh, it's back to work tomorrow for most of us during the work week. But uh, but that's just the way, that's the way it is. When you are a blue-collar, you know, outdoorsman, family man, whatever it may be, that's how we have to roll. We, we have the weekends and make the best of it what you can and you're back to work the rest of the week like I am. So, but, uh, but yeah, guys, wanted to open up the show, tell you guys about what we did. You know, I mentioned that a lot of the waterways were uh, messed up here in South Louisiana. So once again, me and Jackson decided we wanted to do a little bit of fishing last Sunday. And, uh, you know, since we last spoke, we didn't get to tell you guys exactly how that all went down. But, uh, but if you've been following us on social media, whether it's Facebook, our YouTube channel, uh, or Instagram, you probably already know that we posted some videos that we took last weekend, uh, specifically last Sunday here at our local pond that we have in our neighborhood. So, you know, that's the, the great thing about living in a neighborhood. If you can't live in the country, like where I grew up at, you know, where you have a lot of wide open spaces, at least living in a neighborhood here in the city, uh, we are able to have a couple of good ponds that we have in our neighborhood. And we've been doing quite a bit of John boat fishing. Um, those of you who have tuned into the show lately, you know that we, we have been doing quite a bit of John boat fishing in Jackson's little John boat and uh, really had a good time over the last couple of weeks with all of that. Um, and we continued, you know, last weekend we were looking, you know, with the weather being all messed up and just not having a lot of access to, uh, to go to our local waterways and some of our better fisheries. We said, hey, you know what? We're going to charge the batteries in the GoPro. We're going to launch the John boat and we're going to go do a little bit of fishing. So, um, you know, with the weather warming up and we're getting further along in springtime now, um, you know, I've been waiting on that, that water temperature to kind of get up in our local water uh, waterways that we have around here. And, uh, you know, our pond is no different that we have here in the neighborhood. So, uh, you know, I call it a pond, but it's a pretty good, pretty good body of water that we have here. We actually got two of them in, uh, in our neighborhood where we live at. And, um, and the temperature has been steadily climbing every week. So I told Jackson, I said, you know what, I think it's time to throw in a little bit of top water. I haven't done any top water fishing in a while, uh, actually since last season. And, uh, I said, I'm going to do a little bit of top water fishing, and uh, he said, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that myself. And Jackson's at that point in his fishing, you know, maturity, I guess you could say, where he's starting to come of age. He uh, he basically has some some lures that he he's experimenting with, which some of them are old school lures like that we all familiar with and have used for many years. Uh, but, you know, him coming up, he hasn't been exposed to some of that stuff yet. So, um, I told him about the old Rebel Pop R. I said, I'm going to put on a, a Pop R, I think, on my rod and uh, take it to the pond with me. I tied on a H2O Express from Academy, which is a really nice looking uh, hard bait, topwater bait. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you may not have an Academy in your area, but most of us down here in the south are, are very familiar with Academy Sports and Outdoors. And I've always been a big fan of their h2o express line of uh of fishing equipment so whether it's the reels the rods the baits i've always been a big fan i find they're really good quality uh and i love their hard baits from their you know their their top water lures to their crankbaits very affordable um and very good quality i have to admit so i tied on one of the h2o express top water plugs and uh and i tied another one on i grabbed out the box he uh was a chug bug and that's something that's been around for many many years uh i remember fishing a chug bug when i was real young 
uh, when the chug bugs had come out from Storm, that was a hot bait back in the late 80s, early 90s. And through all the 90s when we were doing a lot of fishing, you know, pond hopping and stuff like that. Um, so I told him, I kind of filled him in, told him a little backstory on that and how we used to catch a lot of fish on it. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, he said, that bait looks ridiculous. He said, he said I'm not going to catch nothing on that, you know. And if you guys tune into, you know, the previous episodes over the last couple of weeks, we kind of had that same conversation, he and I, whenever we were talking about a buzz bait. But like I mentioned, Jackson's in that stage where he's starting to kind of step out and experiment with new baits that he's not familiar with, whether it be a, you know, a spinner bait or, you know, a crank bait or even a topwater bait now. Um, you know, when he started learning, we were teaching him on plastics for the most part um, or maybe throwing, you know, something very simple like a little beetle spin or something like that just to try to get him a bite. But uh, now since he's experimenting, he kind of thinks he, he knows it all. And those of you who have kids that fish with you, you probably know what I'm talking about. You can't tell them nothing. And sometimes you just got to show these young bucks uh, what's going on and what's up with it once you start whipping them, you know, on these baits. So I, I told him about the chug bug. I said, me and Mr. Troy Fontenot, which was my childhood best friend, uh, I said, we used to fish a chug bug. Back in the day, we had a lot of good fish that we caught over the years on them. And uh, he was looking at the colors that I had in my box. And I had the old, you know, tried and, and true blue and chrome. I had the black and chrome. And I had the uh, the hot bullfrog, which is a, a, a kind of like a, a clown color, like a real bright yellow, orange, green, you know, with some 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 uh, dots on it. And uh, those of you who are familiar with, with chug bugs, you probably know that old color, the hot bullfrog, they called it. So uh, So anyway, we went ahead. We tied him one of those on. And we went, launched a John boat, got in there, and we started fishing about 2.30 in the afternoon. And it wasn't about, I would say, maybe about 10, 15 minutes before we were able to catch on camera. Jackson had a big blow-up that came on top water and, uh, and put a four-pound fish in the boat. And when he hooked that fish, guys, he was hooked. He was hooked. He didn't realize it, that he hadn't only hooked that fish, but he had hooked himself and uh, and he ended up catching a couple of good fish in the uh, in the pond on that hot bullfrog chug bug. He, I have to admit, he was whipping my ass that day. I was fishing the popar, and uh, you know, you guys know if you you know fished a popar before that it's an extremely reliable bait. Usually, get a lot of bites when they hit in top water. And he was whipping me. I have to admit, he was catching. He, I think he went up three to nothing on me on the top water with the chug bug. Uh, and I was, I was in the front of the boat. I was trying to front end them after a while. And, uh, and he was just whipping dad's ass in the back of the boat with that chug bug. So, um, he became a quick believer in the storm chug bug. And, uh, now I'm having a hard time getting that bait back from him. So, uh, I told him, I said, Hey, you cutting grass It's summertime. You're earning some money right now. I said, you could, uh, you could afford to buy your own chug bugs. Make sure that one gets back in my tackle box. So we laughed about it, uh, but we got some really good fish catches on film. Uh, you know, that I talked about a few episodes ago. I had purchased a new GoPro. Uh, the Hero 8 Black is what I ended up purchasing. And guys, I'm extremely impressed with the video quality, the audio quality. Really, really enjoying that camera. We are using it and getting some, some footage on the water. Um, and we're learning as we go. We're not at all uh, professional by any means, trust me. But me and Jackson have been taking a little bit of turns uh, with the camera. He does a little bit of filming. I do a little bit of filming. And he has a knockoff uh, action camera that he uses as well. So we're, we're really enjoying that, trying to get you guys some footage to watch 
Uh, something to keep you busy during the work week whenever you uh, you grind in it nine to five or eight eight to five, whatever it may be. Um, I know, you know, whenever everybody gets bored or that long drive home from work or to work, you might want to pull up a little bit of YouTube or or maybe even uh, Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast and uh, do a little bit of listening. We can talk outdoors and it kind of gets you through the work week, man. That's what this is all about. So we enjoy bringing the content to you guys. We're working on getting better at it. Uh, really have a nice little studio set up now. Uh, for the podcast as well as doing some videos um, at home so been been investing a little bit of money and improving the quality for you guys so hopefully it's coming through hopefully you guys are enjoying it and from the feedback that we've been getting from a lot of you 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 have been enjoying it so we appreciate the feedback but uh but yeah guys really enjoyed like i said i, I we we've been doing a lot of john boat fishing over the last couple of weeks and uh and enjoying it but if you haven't seen the video that we shot uh, on a couple of videos we posted, then we invite you to go to our YouTube channel. We've been working really hard to get some videos up on YouTube at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. So all you got to do is search us there, or you can get on our social media pages like our Facebook page. We posted videos there as well. Um, and also Instagram. We've been posting more videos on Instagram for you guys to not only pictures, but you know, also some more videos to share with you guys for those of you uh, who are on Instagram and maybe not some of the other social media platforms. So let us know what you guys have been doing with all this weather coming across, you know, in, in Louisiana. Um, you know, severe weather, which we talked about, you know, it seems like you go from beautiful days to severe weather. And uh, there's no in-between anymore, it seems like, you know. Uh, so let us know what you guys are doing. If y'all out there in the woods turkey hunting, let us know. Are you killing some turkeys? you seeing turkeys? I know we have a, we had a, a lottery hunt at, where our camp's at at Sherburn Wildlife Management Area this past weekend. And I didn't get any real reports on whether or not they had some turkeys killed. But, uh, but I have seen some pictures from across the state of guys killing. So that's always good. You know, I know whenever I cut across to go from Ascension Parish here, uh, over to Hammond to work, I cut across, the, you know, your areas like Holden and Albany and all those uh, th those areas, and it tends to hold a lot of turkeys in those areas, I noticed. Um, you know, just cutting across, going to work, if you get a good rain and then it clears up, I'll be, you know, I'll be cutting across to go to work and we'll see uh, turkeys, like big numbers of turkeys just in people's yards that are feeding and trying to get some of those worms and some of that protein, I guess, uh, to keep them going. So I know that area has quite a bit of turkey, turkeys in the area. They have a really good solid population, it seems like. So if you guys are hunting, let us know. We'd love to share your photos on the social media pages. And uh, and we'd love to hear if you guys are uh, are, are enjoying it and, and getting some uh, getting some kills out there. Because I have to say, when it wasn't raining this week, it was absolutely beautiful. We had a cold front come through and that had to help you guys and make you a little happier if you were in the woods uh so you don't have to have necessarily the thermocell cranked up in uh in mid-april you know so uh but yeah a lot going on even though we uh we like i said we are kind of limited on where we could go and what we could do um there's still a lot of activities to be done out there and outdoors and i hope you guys are, are out there and enjoying it so but guys we're gonna take a quick break here and after we come back from the break we have a special guest as i mentioned on the show with us this week that i'm excited 
to introduce you all to. If you don't know him already, you have definitely heard us talk about his company on our show here. And I'm talking about Mr. Blake Benoit from Benoit Performance Baits down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Some of the best custom bass baits and sackley baits that you guys could get your hands on. From a phenomenal guy who has a, a really good company and a, a very loyal following here in Louisiana. So we're going to be talking with Mr. Blake Benoit from Benoit Performance Baits right after the break, guys. Y'all stay tuned. It's a last stop waterfowl outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robry. And as promised, guys, we are excited this week to have a special guest on the show with us. This company and this gentleman is somebody that you hear me speak about on a regular basis, guys. And, uh, you know, just a great guy and as a whole. And you guys are going to get to know him a little bit tonight. So I would like to welcome to the show Mr. Blake Benoit from Benoit Performance Baits down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Blake, good evening, and welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Going good, man. Thank you for having me on. Good, man. We've been, I know we've been talking about it for a while, trying to get together and do a show, but we're so busy, man, at this time of year with both our jobs. It's uh, it's kind of tough to get together, man. What's, what's been going on? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I work full-time, and I work on the side doing the baits and all, and everything's been picking up with the fishing season, so I've been very busy. Yeah, it's that time of year, man. I know what you mean. Uh, you know, me being in the marine business, it's, it's the same here, man. We work in pretty much six nights or six days a week, I should say, and nights sometimes it feels like. And then we uh, we come home in the evenings and then we're doing, you know, all our extracurricular activities. So it, it could be uh, it could be very time-consuming, but it's uh, it definitely keeps us going, that's for sure, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, man. It just keeps me on my toes, keeps me going. Well, good, man. Well, good. Yeah, we've been talking quite a while, been telling, you know, if, if all of you who listen to the show on a regular basis, you hear me talk about me using Benoit Performance Baits, man. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in your baits. Uh, you know, I really have got turned on to them uh, through – actually, Blake, to let you know, I was turned on to them through a friend of mine, and he was telling me how, uh, you know, how, how good they were and – especially with the sackle fishing and stuff like that, man. So, so for everybody who doesn't, or, you know, doesn't know you on a personal level, tell, tell us, tell them a little bit about yourself, man. Where, where are you from and, uh, and, and what part of Louisiana and how'd you get into the bait business? Well, I'm, uh, I'm actually from a little community right outside of Thibodeau called St. Charles. But I tell everybody I'm from Thibodeau because they don't know where that's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where that's at, but you're right, man. I grew up in a, you know, I'm the same way. I grew up in Ville Platte, and uh, a lot of people tend to know that little community somewhat, but they, you know, I just say, hey, Opelousas, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, I know where you're from, okay, Opelousas, I know where that's at, you know. So growing up in those little communities, we sometimes uh, get forgotten a little bit. People don't know where we are, but I know the feeling, man. Well, um, you know, I know I tell people all the time, you know, y'all based out of Thibodeau, Louisiana, and that's you know, a lot of guys from that area, man, a lot of outdoorsmen. And, you know, is, is that kind of what got you into the whole bait business? I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering myself, what, what got you into the bait business? Well, what got me into the bait business was I had a close friend that was doing spinner baits, and I had another close friend that was doing custom painted crankbaits. And I was, like, impressed at their work. And I was like, man, that's cool, you know, y'all doing y'all thing. 
and I was talking to one of my good friends that fishes a lot, my buddy Charlie, and I said, man, I was like, I'm thinking about trying to make some soft plastic. And he turned me on, and he was like, man, if you get this certain bait, he was like, dude, I'll buy it if you make it in this color. So I got online, started doing research like everyone else does, and found me a little kit. Started out with like two molds, a microwave, and a Pyrex, and a quarter plastic. And I played with it and shot my first baits. And I was, man, it's pretty cool. And I went out and actually caught it, caught bass on it. And I'm like, man, this is cool. I want to get into more stuff. And that's where it took off from there. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, I, you know, it's it's amazing. In Louisiana, we got so many, you know, privately owned bait companies, lore designers, lore makers. Um, and, man, really, you know, we got a lot of talented guys in the state. And you're just one of those guys that, that kind of started out, you know, there was a niche in the market, it seemed like. And that, that's kind of how it always seems to start out is, you know, a lot of the, the big box stores or, you know, your academies, your Bass Pros, your Cabela's, all that stuff – it could get really difficult to find lures, in my opinion, you know, that that we use down here in Louisiana. Because wouldn't you agree, it, it's kind of a different beach down here in Louisiana as compared to some of the other areas around the United States. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it is. Uh, I never fished out of state, but I fished South Louisiana. Ever since I was probably about 10 years old, I started fishing South Louisiana. I lived eight minutes from Lake Buff, grew up on Bayou Lafourche, had had a boat by the age of 13. So I was out there on my own, fishing, fishing with my stepdad. He got me in outdoors. Then getting into the bass fishing more as an adult, I joined the Bass Nation. So I was fishing down here, fishing Red River, fishing Toledo Bend. You know, and once you get past I uh, ten man, it's a different beast, man. Yeah, I would agree with that. It definitely is. You know, nor anything I ten and north, you, you tend to be a lot more oxbows, you know, more stable water conditions. You know, but just me personally coming from, you know, the Cadiana area, I was like I said, right above I ten. You know, I grew up fishing, you know, places like Celine Larto. Uh my home lake I grew up on was or Chico, where Chico State Park is. Uh, Miller's Lake, Toledo Bend, those areas. And when I moved down here to come to school, man, and I ended up marrying a girl from Lutcher, Louisiana, you know, and started learning this area after I got out of school, it took me a while to adjust to it. I'm still adjusting to it, you know. It, it's different, man. It's just everything's title related, you know. And, and South Louisiana below, I agree with you 100%. It's different, man. Exactly, man. I grew up fishing Lake Buff. Buy and buy Lafourche. That's as a kid. That's all I fished. I didn't fish Buy Black, which was thirty minutes from me. That's a popular area until I was twenty, twenty-one years old. Really? Yeah. You know, you mentioned Lake Buff. That has been an area that has been extremely hot lately. I'm hearing a lot of reports coming out of Lake Buff. Um, you know, I've personally never been to, to Lake Buff. Doesn't that run off of the Zalmans? Isn't that kind of in that the Zalmans general area? Yes, it's um, it runs off of the Zalmans. 
it's his own nice little lake, man. It's growing up there as a kid, I tell you what, fishing at for perch, brim, thakale, with my uncles and stepdad. Man, you wouldn't barely see any people fishing it. But now, guess what technology and whatnot, Facebook, it's become a very popular place. The words, the words out nowadays, man. And, you know, with technology, it's a blessing and a curse. I say that all the time on the show. You can't, you know, you can't, you can't really be too, if you, especially being, you know, having a company like you in your situation, and you want to promote your company. You know, you got to be careful how much information you promote, especially in areas that you fish and if you are fishing tournament circuits and all that type of stuff. You know. Cause uh, it could be it could be something that could uh could be a curse to you come tournament day when you're trying to compete against these other guys for money, you know? Yeah, it, uh, it is, man, and it's like it's a awesome little fishery, you know, and it's it's a it's to some of the people from this area, it's kind of a sacred place, you know. They get kind of mad when they see all these people fishing it, but you you get that anywhere, you know. Yeah, I agree. I I think every home lake, you know, that, that somebody grows up on, you probably see a little bit of that um, across across the industry pretty much. And, you know, that, that also kind of brings up a good point. You know, nowadays you're seeing a lot of – Louisiana's drawing a lot of attention, man, in the state. Uh, national headlines, you know, local headlines. Uh, you have this, you know, organization like Sportsman's Coalition, that's out there now that you see making a big push to try to fight back um, some of these landowners as far as like gating canals and gating waterways, all that type of stuff. What, what's your take on that, Blake? What, what's, your, what's your feeling on that? Man, I, I see it from both sides because I have a lot of friends that have hunting leases and buy a black, which I understand it from an insurance point. And for as a fisherman too, you know, but me personally, by black, I never fished on anyone's duck pond. I'll put my hand on the Bible to that. I fished canals, which I think the canals shouldn't be off limits. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys tend to feel that way. You know, it's it's definitely different here as you know, compared to what it is across the United States and other states. Um, you know, now we're starting to see where it's kind of, it's almost kind of starting to hurt us as far as the economy side of it, because you got, you know, big circuits like Bass, you know, BASS, they, they came out and went public a couple of years ago and mentioned, you know, that they wouldn't be coming to South Louisiana for any kind of tournaments in the near future. So, you know, when, when we lose that, I think that's, that's the downside of it. We lose as anglers, we lose as a state, you know, as far as that, that money coming in, that revenue. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think you have to, you know, respect the landowners to a, to a certain extent because they do have, you know, leases where they make money from leasing out that land and so on and so forth. So I can understand both sides of it as well. But I do agree with you also that I think a lot of those those, those canals and stuff, having gates across them does kind of push the limits, you know? Yeah. Well, what about Bayou, or not Bayou Buff, I was going to say Bayou Black, but uh, Lake Buff, is there issues that you see in that area with that situation? Not really, you know, it's just there's many canals, there's the lake, there's, I think maybe three gates in the area. 
Yeah, so not a whole lot. I was kids, you know. Yeah, gotcha. So what? What's the what's? It, it, has Buff always been so hot? For those of us not familiar with Lake Buff, has it always been real good? Has it? Is it, did it kind of do like Catawachi, where it kind of faded away for a few years and it came back now, where it's real strong? Or you know, what, what's the history on that area? Lake Buff pretty much became a hot spot in 1999 when David Hyatt won the Classic. And around that time, there was a big fish kill. And the lake was pretty bad around 2000, 2001. And it shook back, and it's been good. But in recent years, they've been having a lot of grass. The hard drillers gone. And this weekend, we actually fished the tournament, and we actually seen that the hard drillers coming back. But the water levels are so high in the lake, it seems like, in my opinion, I'm not a marine biologist, but in years of fishing the lake, I think the water levels are too high, and the hydrilla might not be getting enough sun for it to grow. That would make sense, definitely. You know, if it's not getting that sun exposure, uh, you know, you can see where it would start to die off and not be what it used to be for sure. Y'all, um, I know you, you had told me that you were fishing a tournament. I think it was yesterday. What, what tournament did y'all fish yesterday, if you don't mind me asking? It's a little uh, – it's a local invitational tournament that a bunch of guys had put on, been putting it on for years. And I was fortunate enough to be able to get into it this year. Called the Ziploc, which, like I said, is just a local, invitational friendly tournament. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Ziploc is the name of the tournament. That is awesome. So, so how many boats turned out, Blake, yesterday for the tournament? They had 41 boats. 41 boats? Yeah, y'all had a really good turnout then, man. And from what I understand, you and your partner, y'all, uh, y'all ended up finishing pretty strong yesterday. What, 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 did the, what were the payouts or where did y'all come in at yesterday? We came in in second place. Second place. What uh? What ended up winning the tournament and compared to what y'all had in second place? Sixteen pounds even won it. Okay, sixteen pounds had, even, so very strong. I think we had fifteen four. Fifteen four. So y'all were right behind them, man. Not not bad at all. Y'all were right nipping at their heels, pretty much for first place. It looks like. Yeah, if we could have caught one more one more decent fish, it would have helped out a lot. Well, without going too much into it or giving away too much, what was the strategy yesterday? Well, how did we catch these fish yesterday? Because we just, you know, for those of you not from Louisiana, we just got a, another big, you know, uh, weather system that came through this week. And uh, Blake, you could attest to this, I'm sure, man. We uh, the the weather systems have been just insane lately. It seems like we get a couple of beautiful days where the temperatures are perfect, you know, sunshine, and then you hear the weatherman talking about rain coming, and next thing you know, it's extreme weather they're talking about, man. It's like it don't just rain anymore, you know. It's like you go from one extreme to the other. Wouldn't you agree on that? Yeah, man, it was crazy. We had uh, water levels were high. We um we actually caught fish on chatterbait because nine times out of ten everyone knows that I throw. You a chatterbait? You a chatterbait? That's your number one go-to. Oh man, I'm a 
I'm a Chatterby fanatic. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time, I'm throwing a Chatterby. I tell you, man, that is a big bass lure. I, you know, when I had my my tackle company, man, that's one of the things we built. Uh, you know, I didn't do the soft plastic side like you do with Benoit, but uh, we were building jigs and spinner baits and you know chatterbait styles and all that type of stuff. And that was, you know, one of my favorite things to throw, especially in the in the springtime and in the uh, you know the early early spring and the spawn. All that time, it, it's a it's a big bass catching bait, man. That you could you could cover some water with and find some fish quick. Yeah, the guy I was fishing with yesterday. Me and him started fishing together about four years ago, and. I got in his boat and I was throwing a chatterbait and he was, man, I can't stand that bait. I'll never throw one. And I tell you what, I put a couple of four pounders in the boat for a few tournaments we fished in. Next tournament, I, he started throwing a chatterbait. He made a believer out of him quick. Then it sounds like out of him and, and yesterday we were throwing chatterbait with a. Uh, my my three point five inch phantom grub as a trailer. Hey, so the phantom phantom grub. Explain to me. Okay, so just so everybody listening, Benoit Performance Baits is you know you said you started out making bass baits. That's kind of what you know um, you know motivated you to start the company. Um, and since then, I mean, do you dabble only in bass baits or do you? I think you dabble a little bit more than bass baits also, right? Yeah, so I'm at uh, Sokolay. I have a lot of Sokolay stuff, Brum stuff, which my artificial grass shrimp, which has been a real phenomenal bait. Yeah, so, man, that's something that I had got turned on to from a friend of mine, and uh, I had to place an order with you on some, and uh, I've had a couple of good trips this spring with that grass shrimp, man. Um, really like that a lot, you know? And we also have the stinger, stinger type shad baits for the sockley. That, that would be great, Al. Sir? Else? Yo. That, that, would that be your straight tail baits, Blake, when you yeah. say stinger bait? Yeah, the straight tail baits is kind of like a stinger shad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, got you. So yeah, so you you dabble in a lot more than just bass fishing baits. But what what's the majority of the business for Benoit Performance Baits? Is it kind of a fifty fifty thing between the pan fishing and the bass fishing, or do you do more bass fishing? It's it's more fifty fifty now. And I tell you what, it's just you know how it is in the fishing industry. During the spring and the summer, the bass everyone's chasing bass and pan fish then during the winter months everyone's chasing them sockily that's right man yeah i know you know now i'm kind of out of the bass fishing scene personally and uh with the kids coming into you know fishing more and more as my oldest one jackson you know him he's 12 uh hudson's coming up he's six i find myself getting way more into the uh, pan fishing side of it again man which is what, what I had originally contacted you when I heard about the grass shrimp, I, um, I really wanted to get some, some of your lures because I had heard great things about them. And honestly, we were not disappointed, man. We have been extremely happy with the everything from the jig heads to the, to the plastics. And, uh, you know, now we're going to probably be getting with you here pretty soon to, to get some bass fishing stuff. 
and uh, and really looking forward to trying. I know that that menace grub you got, that's something that could be used as a great trailer. Um, like you mentioned, I think y'all were using it on a chatter bait yesterday. Yes, we're yeah. using it as a trail on our chatter baits. So, what if you had to say your number one selling bait for Benoit Performance Baits, what would your number one bait be that you sell the most of? I'd have to say my grass shrimp. Grass shrimp. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. And, and let me ask you this, Blake. I, I want to get your take on this. And, and this may not be something that you deal with on a regular basis, but I know when I had my tackle company uh, for years, nowadays, man, we are in the age of the pro staffer, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, I know when I had my company, uh, you know, a lot of guys now are geared toward, you know, getting on all these pro staffs, whether it's a local company, national company. And you get age, you know, guys from different age groups, whether it's, you know, high school level, college level, all the way up to adult level, you know. And uh, I constantly, man, when I had my company, I was getting emails, texts, calls saying, hey, I want to be on your pro staff. And uh, is that something that you you deal with ever that you get you know people contacting you about? I had a few people contact me that I never even that would weren't even from around here, and I look at it the way we were brought up in South Louisiana. Everyone works for what they want. Don't ask for nothing. Help help somebody out, you know. So I never I don't have pretty much any pro staff. The few people that I do have somewhat pro staff in farming or very close friends, and they pay for their products. They're just happy to help me out and support me. That's right, man. And, and that's really, that's that's an awesome thing. That's a true friend. You know it whenever you get a guy that's like that, man. Yeah, I was just wondering because I know nowadays, and, and you, you, you see it, even though you don't have many people here, hitting you up necessarily for it. And, you know, everybody wants to be pro staff for this and pro staff for that nowadays. And, man, that it just, it, you know, it definitely it sparks my interest because I used to get guys that would contact me, like I mentioned, and, you know, hey, what can you give me? What can you do? And everybody, you know, I, I say everybody. Those, most of those people that were contacting you or contacting me at the time, um, that's what they're looking for, basically a handout. But like you said, the people who that you know that you could rely on the most are usually the ones who are the ones trying to pay you and and are buying the product from because they want to see you do good. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people they don't know in this industry what pro staff means. It's not that you're a pro and you get free stuff. It's actually promotional staffing. That's correct. That's correct, man. How much? Uh, how much of the professional circuit do you follow in the fishing industry? Are you MLF or you, do you follow a bit of Bassmaster? What's What's Blake Benoit like? Do you follow the professional side? Oh, yeah, um, I like the bass format, man. Yeah, me too, man. I, I'm still I'm still old school. I find myself kind of leaning bass still, you know. Uh, there's just something about that five fish limit, a weigh-in man on the stage holding up those big fish that I still like a lot, you know? Yeah, man, I'm I'm the same way, man. I had two uncles that fished local tournaments, clubs, and that's what pretty much got me into wanting to tournament fish was seeing them fish tournaments and all and seeing them being members of Bass. 
which turned me into a member of Bass. Yeah, I think a lot of us were turned on by an uncle or a grandpa or a had something like that, you know, kind of it's a traditional thing, um, especially once you get into it and you get hooked, man. It's kind of a, it's something that you want to do for life. And, you know, these organizations like Bass and, and you know, um, are, are just something that I think that's still a part of me while I lean toward it over to MLF, you know, which may change time because MLF is still – there's a lot of, uh, you know, with that, uh, you know, they've definitely – Got the anglers right now. They have a lot of the um, a lot of the financial backing, and I think it's going to be a bright future for them as well. But um, but I still I still am partial and still kind of you know to that that bass format, man. And if you Blake, if you looked, I don't know if you checked the weights today. Did you see the weights, man, coming out of Lake Fork today? Yeah, first and first and second place totals was a over a hundred pounds. Yeah, man. I mean, they, Lake Fork, look, Lake Fork's just insane, man. It always is. Every time they go there, it's a good turnout. Uh, they usually hit the mark with the weights. But, yeah, man, they uh, this guy today, if I'm not mistaken, so Lee Lifesay, or Lee Lifesay, I think is how you pronounce his last name, man. He put 42 pounds on the scales today, dude, from five fish. That is, like, unheard of. That's in, that's unheard of, man. You know, I mean, that's insane. When I look at it, yeah, yeah. especially Louisiana, that's for sure. Uh, you know, especially below I ten, you don't see those big lunkers. Like we catch numbers, not not those big big trophy fish. You know. Yeah, man. Uh, it was crazy. I was keeping up with it the past few days, just getting on the phone, going check the score track and. Didn't get to really watch any of the weigh-ins, but I'll go and check the leaderboard after the day and see the weights, and I'm like, man, it's like definitely on the bucket list to go try to fish that one day in my life. Yeah, we got to make a trip down there, man. We got to make it, you know, to Lake Fork for sure. I had a good friend of mine that for years I lived next to, and every year they would take a trip to Lake Fork. Instead of going to Toledo Bend or Rayburn and areas like that, they would go. They go between Lake Fork and uh, um, oh, what's the one on the Mexican board? I'm going blank on it right now. Um, oh man, um, tell me out on the on the Mexican border down there. Uh, that's so good. Oh, it's well known. It's famous, but I'm drawing a blank on it, man, right now. But anyway, they would go between those two lakes. Uh, every other year they'd rotate them. And he told me, he said, I'm telling you, Jacob, he said, Lake Fork is one of the most phenomenal fisheries, he said, that I've ever been to. And he's fished to the band and, you know, some of these other ones. He had went to Gunnersville over the years. He told me Lake Fork was the place to be, though, for trophies. Yeah, man, I just, after seeing the weights this week, I was like, I definitely want to try to go there one, one year. Yeah, man. When I saw that way today from Lee Lashley, like I said, who ended up coming down from a down from a few spots, and he ended up uh, winning this whole thing, man. When I saw forty two pounds on day four, I had to double check it, man. I thought I was seeing shit, you know. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, that's what he ended up catching. And uh, we had a Louisiana boy, man. I don't know if you know that that uh, that was in contention all week, uh, Quentin Capo from right here in Prairieville, Louisiana, and. Uh, Quinn ended up putting 25 pounds, six ounces on the scales. I'm looking at the weights right now, man. He had a solid, solid week. And Quinn, 
Quinn's a guy I don't know real well, but uh, I've heard good things about him. But, man, it's good to see a Louisiana boy represent uh, that had a chance to win it. Yeah, man, we got a, we got a strong, strong showing in the Opens and the Elites from South Louisiana, man. We do. I'd say this is probably, you know, it's it's about time. I'd say that, Blake. You know, for years we've had good anglers down here in Louisiana, and it seems like on the Bassmaster, you know, circuit, which was the Elite Series for years, the top of the uh, the cream of the crop, um, we had a couple of guys come and go, man. But right now you look at, you know, with MLF and Bassmaster, we have a lot of talent in Louisiana that's represented on the national level right now. Oh, yeah, man. Like uh, right down the road from me, about 15 minutes, is Tyler Revet. He's been doing pretty good on the circuit. I've been seeing, you know. Yeah. Y'all area, you got Derek Hudnall and a few other guys, you know, and they've been doing very well, also, man. Big shout out to all of them repping Louisiana and yeah, proud for us local anglers down here in the state. That's right, man. And we got the whole state covered, like you said, from down south, Tyler Revet, you know, Derek Hudnall right here around us. We got Daryl Gleason that's coming out of the Toledo Bend area uh, this year that's on the Elite Series. Um, you know, Blake Pruitt. There's a lot of guys, man, that I, I think, Blake, if I'm not mistaken, this is the, the most number of Louisiana anglers on the Bassmaster Elite Series. Uh, I don't know if we don't have seven anglers this year that's, that's actually compete. I may be off one or two, but we have quite a bit. Yeah, and and we had some. We had a uh, local, not a local guy, but a Louisiana guy win the co-angler division this weekend too. I did see that. I, a young guy. That's right. Where was he from? Um, was he in your area? Sure, man. I think maybe around. Lafayette area, Kaplan area. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to look that up because I saw I it come might, across. I met the I met the young man fishing the nation. And I wanna say he might be from Rain. Don't hold that to me, but I think I remember here in the area of Rain. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to look into that. We have to bring him up and uh kind of kind of see, you know, tell everybody if they're not familiar with him what uh what went down this week. But I did see that come across the feed on Bassmaster this week, which was awesome, man. Young man like that. What what's your thoughts on all the high schools and the college fishing nowadays, man? Because that's something you know. How, how old are you, Blake? You don't mind me asking. I'm thirty five. So me and you are not too far off. I'm 41. I mean, we're in that kind of same range. We're not too far off from each other. You know, coming up, whenever we were coming up through high school and all that, high school fishing and college fishing, that didn't even exist, man. What's your man, thoughts on all that? Man, I, I try to support it as much as I can because I love it. Because, like you said, I wish we would have had that in high school. As a boy growing up fishing around the area, man, I'd have probably gave me something to try to excel better in school than what That's I did, right. you know? 
<laughs> That's right. I'm with you. I, I, I said to this day, I said, if I'd have had college fishing in, uh, in college, man, when I was at LSU, I said, I would have probably flunked out. Ain't no doubt, man. I would have been traveling all over the place fishing as many fishers as I can, I can go to. You know, we have one right here in Thibodeau. We have a team right here in Lafouche Parish, and they've been on fire, man. The last two tournaments, the Lafouche Bassmasters took home the total weight awards. Oh, wow. Which they combine everyone's weight from each school or club, and who has the highest weight wins an award. In the last tournament, which I believe was Bayou Signet, two local boys from the LaFouche Bassmasters took first place, which I happen to know one of the one of the guys real good because I used to work with him at a local tackle shop, and he's a stick. This guy's been this little guy's been fishing since pretty much he can walk. His dad had him in a boat fishing competitively. In tournaments. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, man, something I didn't realize this week. I know when the college fishing thing started out a few years ago in high school, you know, I it was started out basically a lot of these colleges. You know, I had some buddies of mine that were from LSU that had started up the LSU program uh, in Baton Rouge right there. I know uh, Tyler Revet was one of the guys for over at Nichols that was fishing. And at yeah. the time, man, you couldn't uh, – you know, these these were just organizations. They weren't looked at as uh, sports or a, as a um, – you know, as an athletic uh, division, part of the of the athletic department. And now, man, these, these kids are being offered scholarships to go to school, to go to these universities to fish. I mean, that's, that's, that's badass, man, you know? Exactly, man, and – it's, I think it's an awesome thing, you know, because not all kids are made to play basketball, baseball, football, or any kind of really athletic-type sport. Yeah. Yeah, I know he caught Jackson's attention, man. You know, Jackson's always joking. He's like, Dad, I'm not going to college. I'm going to get a you know, try to get me a good job somewhere. And, you know, do I have to go to college? Because he hates school at that age. Everybody hates school at 12 years old. You know how that is. And, he, uh, the other day he saw that on, or I think it was on, he was kind of looking at my Facebook page when I was scrolling through it. And, uh, he saw this high school, you know, angler from right here around Denham Springs, Walker area. And, uh, the, this gentleman was fortunate enough to be offered a scholarship to go to college and fish. And he's like, wait a second. He's like, dad, I could go to college and fish and get a scholarship. He's like, hmm, and I could see the wheels turning, man. He was, he was kind of interested in that. It kind of sparked his interest, I think. Whatever it takes to get that high education into these younger generation, man. man that's, that's it, man. It takes, man, that that'd be awesome. Hopefully that's it. Day, hopefully one day your boy will get that. We'll be able to get a scholarship for that, you know. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it's just cool. I think you know. Now I'm all for it. I think the. I think the whole high school fishing thing is great. I think the whole college thing. It's 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 great, man. Because it's it's getting these kids outdoors. It's getting them, you know, involved in something other than trouble, getting in trouble and doing stuff that they're not supposed to be. i be honest with you, Blake. You know, when I was coming up, that's probably what set me on the right path compared to, you know, looking, having a lot of downtime. We didn't have the video games, you know, when I was coming up like they do now. So, 
outdoors was everything, man. We hunted, we fished. That was a big part of what we did. And that's, you know, now to this day, as a 41 year old man, that's what I'm trying to teach my, my boys. And, uh, and that's why was, was the main concept behind us starting this podcast and, you know, talking to other anglers, man, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Like you said, I'm the same way, man. I grew up with uncles and my stepdad always fishing, being in the outdoors. I had a cousin that was a diehard duck hunter used to take me with him on a few trips on our property and being around that, it pretty much sparked a little flame. I wasn't that into it as a kid, but as I got older, that got more into it and between fishing and being in the outdoors and actually being a junior firefighter in the local fire department, being around a lot of older guys and kind of mentors and my family, that's what pretty much kept me out of running around and getting into trouble. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny how every individual just has that, that moment in their life where it takes them one way or another, you know, and you just got to be blessed, man, for what you got if it, if it takes you in the right direction. So I think that's the best uh, that every father can hope for and every mother can hope for out there for their child, man. Yeah, and, and I grew up in a kind of rough neighborhood, you know, it's you got you everywhere you go. You got your good pe- You got your good people, and you got your bad people. And a few of the kids down the street, I see them, man, going to the back canal, wanting to fish and all. And I see them, and always going. And I, I was like, yeah, man. I roll down the window and I throw them a pack of bait. Try that out for me, and they, man. I'll tell you what, doing that for the, for the neighborhood, man. Them kids love it, man, and they always are so happy to actually have someone help them out a little bit with something, man. Yeah, that's awesome that you do that, man. I, I, that's that's really what it's all about, man. And you you know, Blake, I, I, as long as I've known you, which isn't that long of a time frame, you just seem to be a really good guy. I tell the listeners on the show every week, I say, hey, you know, you want to do business with somebody good? Yeah, he makes a good product, but he's also a good person, man. And that's what Benoit Performance Base is about. That's what's turned me on to you and you and I becoming friends, man, because you do it the right way, and I and I really appreciate that you do it the right way. And I want to associate with people that do it the right way, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't do it like that. And, uh, you know, we were talking, you know, about, about all the bass lures and the sacolay lures and all that stuff that you offer. So for anybody, Blake, that's looking to get in touch with you to do some purchasing of your products or check out your products, man, What's the best way for uh, uh, one of our listeners to to get in touch with you or to uh, to find what you have to offer and to uh, make some purchases with you? Uh, If you're on social media, uh, Facebook page, Benoit's Performance Baits, I have a store on there. If uh, you don't see anything, I don't really have too much bad stuff on it because I make that as I go with the site. I got a lot built up, you know, so I got more soccer stuff on it. But if y'all need anything or see, want to see anything, just message me. Check out our Instagram, Ben Walls Performance Baits. I try to update that with pictures as I do bad stuff to post pictures of what I'm making so y'all can see. And I got a little website, too, is 
link to the Facebook, but if y'all don't have Facebook, www.fenwalls-performance-baits.myshopify.com. That's perfect, man. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. Hey, worst case scenario, you Facebook message you and you can get in touch with Blake anytime, man. You know, something that 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 I gotta ask you, Blake, that intrigues me is man, if you guys go on Benoit Performance Bates Facebook page or or even Blake's personal page if you're friends with him or you become friends with him, man, you are grinding a lot of times at night, like we talked about. But something that you do different than a lot of people, man, you utilize Facebook Live quite often. Whether you coming home from work and talking about baits or whatever it may be, or you are in the shop making baits, man, you utilize the hell out of that Facebook Live. What What is it about Facebook Live that you like so much, man, why you use it? Because I could communicate with people better. And it's like I'm, I'm making baits. I'm always using my hands, so it's hard for me to sit there and message people or text people. With that, I'll talk to you, and the viewers can comment or ask questions, and I can read them. So that's the main reason why I use it. And I just like to get on there, like you said, talk fishing, talk baits, and just cut up and have a good time with friends and people who follow me. Man, I, I love it. I, I'm always – I get my alerts whenever you come on, and I, I, I chime in. You know I comment quite often just to say what's up, man. And and I think it's genius, man. I really think what you're doing is a cool thing. You can communicate with your, with your customers a lot easier. And, and that's one of the blessings of social media nowadays, man, with the stuff we have. And, you know, as a small business owner, it don't cost you a dime, Blake. So that's a great thing, you know. That's why I try to utilize it as much as I can. I think, I think, you know, if you're a small business owner out there and you're not doing what Blake's doing, you are absolutely missing out right now uh, because, boy, the technology with the services that are available to you are uh, are really something that you could be utilizing to increase your business, man. You know, Blake, I had got out. I did the bait, the, the bait business for several years, and, and that's a whole other story. But, man, it got to where I, I did it like you. I was a passion of mine, and then, it, you know, it became a full-time job at one point and with a family and all that stuff. It just became too much for me, man. But there's times I do look back and I miss it, man. I, I do I do kind of tinker. I still make some of my old lures and stuff like that. I, hell, last night – uh, I was making a couple of hair sacrilege jigs, Blake. Not to, not to, not to uh, put you out of business or nothing, but I was tinkering, man, last night myself, just playing with some ideas. Yeah, man. That's, I don't try to knock nobody for their hustle, man. I see it. I see everyone's hustle and it affects everyone's hustle. That man, because you do see a lot of jealousy in the industry. You know, we talked about that. Uh, how there's a lot of people out there doing their thing, man. But honestly, at the end of the day, look, let's just call it what it is. Uh, we ju- we just got a lot of good, talented people in the state that are that are making good products, and uh, and they- everybody kind of has their own loyal followers, man. I-, I do find that a lot of people are brand loyal, and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, that's that's what's kind of hard for me too, because you got you got your dollar hard zoom and. All these other companies, they've been around for years, you know. I've used it. I've 
used their products over the years, and I still use some of their products. But everything yeah. I'm I'm making offer is something that I seen and was like, man, I'd actually like would use this more because I like the way it looks, and I I make it up, I shoot it, and go test it, and I love the way it performs, you know. So that's what yeah. I stick to. Yeah. Agree with you, man. Uh, you know, do, do you find yourself using more? I'm assuming you probably lose or use most of your your plastics. Like you said, you can't do it all across the industry because there's so much stuff out there. But you find yourself, I'm sure, using a lot of your products when you fish in a tournament, like you were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. My number one, my number one bait that I use in the tournament is my buff crow. It's okay. A with a nice big claws on it, nicely durable. Man, I use it. I punched with it yesterday. I put it on the. I tw- switched up and put it on the chatterbait. Man, it's just it's a versatile bait that I just I love it the most out of pretty much everything I make. It sounds like it. And what's the, for everybody who didn't catch that? What's the name of it, boy? It's the buff curl. The Buff Cross, so I'm assuming uh, you did a little bit of testing in, in Lake Buff. It actually, I used it a good bit in Lake Buff, but I didn't even come up with the name. It was, I stopped by one day after fishing and hanging out at the camp in Lake Buff at a fellow camp owner, and I started showing them a few of the baits I had been making. One of the guys, he had a few beers in him, and he looked at it, he said, man. That's the buff crawl. <laughs> he's a good partner, man. He's a good guy in the lake. Everyone knows him. And uh, when he said that, you know, he's a wild, he's a wild cat too. And I was like, I like that. I said, I'm a, I'm gonna use that. And he's like, Heck yeah, use it, man. <laughs> so he gave you his stamp of approval on it whenever you heard that. So, so if. You listening or anyone that's listening to it, thank you, Randy Noblock. There you go. You got to give a shout-out where shout-outs do. Oh, man. That's right. The good old guy from the league. That's awesome, man. I think every town got a guy like that, man, that you that you, you respect the hell out of like that. Oh, man. we My community's full of, these, full of so many good people, man, and just we pretty much – Everyone that's been here for their lifetime is almost like family. You know, yeah, the tight knit community. The the only bad one that y'all let get away that that, that probably it wasn't missed was that damn Nikki A Bear man. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my old buddy Nikki. Nikki Abear, that's my old buddy too, man. From down there in T-Town, I call it Thibodeau, Louisiana. And you and him knew each other, go back a long ways. But uh, I told him me and you were going to be doing doing a podcast. We're going to have you on this week. And he said, man, he said, make sure you tell my boy I said hello. He said, I'm going to listen to that episode. He said, because I want to hear what Blake has to say. Oh, man. Well, if we had, I could tell you some stories, but I ain't going to tell you nothing. But Nikki, that's a good dude, bro. We had some fun together. 
That's awesome. Yeah, he is, man. He's a good, he's a good guy, man. But like you said, just another example of good people in South Louisiana, man. They'll feed you, they'll they'll clothe you, they'll house you, do whatever they got to do to take care of their own, man. And that's what it's all about. That's what that's what Louisiana is all about, Like, You know, it really is. That's exactly, man. And just that's it's just hard to explain. You know, it's just it's in us. That's right. It's in us, man. Now, as we're getting close to closing, Blake, I know, I know, you know that we we do a lot of waterfowl hunting, man, and we've been talking fishing, but. You also are an avid outdoorsman in the waterfowl side. You like to duck hunt. You don't get to do it as much anymore, from what I understand. But uh, but you you fill me in on the the whole coot shoot down in in your area and all that. So for all the all the listeners that aren't familiar with with South Louisiana and and even from Louisiana that aren't familiar with it, man, what tell us about the coot shoot? Tell us about the waterfowl hunt down in your area, man. Well, somebody coming down to South Louisiana, what, what are they looking forward to in uh, in waterfowl hunting come uh, duck season, man? Well, the last few years haven't been too great down here. But usually every year, opening week in the duck season, which we're talking about on Lake Buff, a lot of the camp owners go out and a lot of the local people go out and we go hunt poodles. Because that's the only thing that we could shoot on opening day down here with all the pressure and all. And it's just been a family tradition for years for people around here to go out opening Poodle's Eve. A lot of people call it on a Friday. We miss school as a kid to actually go out that Friday to go to the camp and hang out, cook, and get ready to go hunting with our uncles or dads or step-parents or friends. Parent, dad actually take us out and go just shoot up poodle and have a good time. Man, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I think every every area of Louisiana, whether it's pool dude that you're talking about or, you know, where I grew up at, we, we, we did the same thing, man. We were out of school on a Friday, come opening weekend of squirrel season. That was a big thing in Evangeline Parish where I grew up at. Um, you know, I know deer season, parts of the state, they do that, you know, and and that's something, man, that, that is vitally important in my opinion nowadays because it's more important than ever to get the, the younger generations out in the woods, man. Because, you know, you start you start seeing that decline, which they, they're trying to tell us that the numbers are declining, man, you know, as far as, you know, how many licenses are sold and all that type of stuff. And, and then, you know, what do you need guns for if you can't hunt anymore, man? That's something that I heard, you know, a, a very famous, uh, you know, waterfowl, outdoorsman that uh you know does a lot of, of of you know educational things talk about lately and he's right man you know we need those traditions to continue um and, and i feel that louisiana we're probably one of the strongest states for keeping those traditions alive you know yeah man you know i have a nephew now it's 16 he's been duck hunting since pretty much probably four or five years old his parent takes him out. Used to take him out in the Delta every year, bring him duck hunting, had him walking them 
the marsh and the mud flats and all of that down there in the down in the Chafalaya Delta. And he'll come every year to the camp with us, and we bring him in the blind and let him bust some pool do, man. It's just it's good to see that younger generation actually getting out in the outdoors, fishing and hunting, and keeping our heritage alive. That's correct, man. I agree 100% with that. It's important. You know, it is. You know, and we talking pool do, Blake, for everybody, for all our, our, our listeners. A lot of our listeners, man, are out of state. They're fascinated with Louisiana. I think they're really going to enjoy this podcast, you know, with having you on. But, you know, a lot of guys look at a pool do as a trash duck, man, from all across the U.S. Tell them boys what they're missing out on a pool do. Do we eat some pool do down in South Louisiana? Sure, man. If y'all, y'all get too tired of them coots or them pool do up north, We'll come and knock down the population for y'all. <laughs> cook them for y'all and show y'all exactly how great of a waterfowl bird y'all are missing out on. That's right, man. And and, and in the Benoit household, how we cook coots in the Benoit household? Well. We smothering it down? We, we What we do? Making a gumbo? Smothering it down in a black iron pot with a bunch of onions. That's the famous way we cook it at the camp. We had an old buddy that used to come to our camp every year, our neighbor that lived in Chagby. So his name was Chagby. He'll come every year to the camp for opening weekend. And the Saturday morning when we get back to the camp, he'll start he'll start asking people, All right, I'm cooking poodle, what y'all giving me? I pretty much give him my birds or whatever here. Everyone clean them up, give them the old tag bay. He had a flat plate. You stir up the coals on the fire, put that flat plate, and put a big old black iron pot on that flat plate and cook them poodoo over the fire. Get out of town. Bro, some of the best poodoo you would ever eat. Man, that sounds awesome. That, that, that song, man, I might have to take you up on. We might have to do that during duck season if we could get together, make a couple of hunts. We need to try to do that, man. You have to cook me up some pool dew, man, because growing up in Evangeline Parish, we wasn't eating pool dew. And when I got – like I said, I started coming down south and I moved down below the interstate, man. That started – you know, guys were like, man, don't throw that away. You know, and uh, hell, that's damn good. What you doing, you know? And I was like, man, that's a trash bro. You accidentally shot him, you know? And uh, they're like, no, hell no, we hunt that down here. So, so yeah, man, I'm gonna have to take you up on that. You have to cook me up some pull do the way the way it's meant to be done, man. I'm not the best cook, but I'll get, I'll find somebody to if we can find some birds and we get somebody, we'll get somebody to do some good cooking on them for us. I guarantee you that. Well, good. We're gonna, I'm gonna take you up. We're gonna end up doing that, man, during hunting season. And we need to get together for hunting season this year, man. We, uh, I know, I know we're both busy guys, and you know, it, it took us forever just to get together to get you on the podcast. But, man, uh, we're gonna get together, do some, make at least a hunt this year if we can, do some cooking. And, uh, I'll, I'll cook you up some Cajun cooking also on my end, man. So we, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure we'll get you out to the camp. Oh, man, that sounds like a plan. But another good thing, though, with the pool do is pretty much duck poppers. Can't go wrong with duck poppers. You can't go wrong with duck poppers. That's right. You cannot go wrong with duck poppers ever, man. So that's it. 
practice a duck popper, no matter what what species usually it is. We can you put it on the grill, and you wrap it in bacon and cream cheese and jalapeno. You, it, it ain't much that's not good, man. Us corn asses down here in South Louisiana can make anything taste good. That's right. I agree with that a hundred percent, man. Well, Blake, man, it has been an absolute blast. Thank you for coming on the show this week. I know we we've been it's a long time coming. We've been trying to get together. And uh and just one more time for all of you listening out there, if you want to get in touch with Blake and check out Benoit Performance Base, you could visit visit them on their social media pages. You can hit Blake up on Facebook, Instagram, and now he's even up on TikTok. I know we didn't mention that. But Benoit Performance Base has a TikTok page now. You can reach him on there as well. And uh, like Blake mentioned, you can hit him up on the website. So, Blake, give him the website one more time, if you don't mind. www.benwars-performance-base.myshopify.com there you go, folks. That's how you reach them. So go check them out. I promise you, if you're looking to buy some custom-made plastics, quality from a good guy here in the state of Louisiana, go check out Blake and Benoit Performance Baits. Visit them online. Subscribe to their pages. Get all the updates. Watch those Facebook Lives that Blake does. I promise you, you'll enjoy them. You'll get a kick out of it. It's a great way to make your week fly by. and It'll make you a little bit happier during the work week when you can't get out there and, and get in the outdoors because you're working. So, Blake, I enjoyed it, man. Thank you so much for being on the show this week. We're going to have to do it again soon, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it, brother. Anytime, buddy. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for this as always, I just want to thank you all for tuning in. I hope y'all enjoyed the interview with Blake over at Benoit Performance Base. I know I did. Thank y'all so much. You can also visit us on social media, on our Facebook, our YouTube channel, also Instagram and TikTok. Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off, and we'll see y'all again next week. Y'all take care. <laughs>